And what is up, party people? <laughs> Welcome to another uh, grief-stricken episode of Why Are You Doing This to Us, aka The Herapist is In. I am I am here with the guest who is staring at me awkwardly. <laughs> because we're it feels like we're having so much fun and we're about to unleash on everyone. So I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> don't be, don't be. It's it's exactly what we want to do. Uh we are fueled by our sponsors, which in no way, shape, or form means we got it for free. Uh we just drove to Dutch Bros. You should know how happy I am about that. <laughs> she bought my coffee. Yes. It's decaf. Mine is not, but I also didn't buy coffee, so. But doesn't chai have? Yeah, it has, ca- it has caffeine. caffeine. It's, it's not going to affect you, though. It's not. Okay. I can drink a coffee and go straight to bed, so. <laughs> Must be nice. I cannot. Um, well, let me see. How uh, how do I intro this crazy bitch? How do I intro her? Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the other Stephanie. Yay. Yay. Uh, Mena, I'm going to call her Mena. I have called her Mena our entire lifetime of friendship together. Are you looking at my bald right now? No. You're looking at how bald I am. I'm looking at your nose ring. I'm like focusing on something. (laughs) I'm so bald right now. Stress. (laughs) Oh, focus on the nose ring. Um, I also noticed that everything I have is on my right side. I don't know if anybody else notices that. Both of well, my nose ring is on the right side. My tooth gems are both on the right side. My tattoos are all on the right side. The left side is loppy. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just favor it. I don't know. I like that. Was it right. was it subconsciously or on I think, purpose? I think completely subconsciously. Like anytime I thought of a tattoo, I'd be like, oh, like touching my right side. She's touching her uh, right side in case if you were wondering. My hip. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're not video recording this, because like I told you guys in the last episode, I just feel like the nature of the great. You didn't listen yet, have you? Oh, I'm it's getting okay, there. It's okay. Don't, no up. shame. No shame. Up. No shame. Jump in where you fit in. Um, but I'm doing every other episode. Uh, so one, I started off the odds are just me solo and I'm doing episodes on YouTube at Ooh. the therapist is in. So if you want to see what I actually look like, weirdo, you can go ahead and do that there. Um, but I feel like because of the nature of what we're talking about in every guest that I have, um, it's just important to keep things as, I don't know, free flowy as possible without cameras on us. Cause even that's like, it's new to me. So it's still weird. And I want you to feel as comfortable that's I'm not possible. a camera person. It, it was just funny because I like taking pictures or I like like still pictures being taken of me, mm-hmm. but I don't like videos being taken of me. I, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know why, but... Like performative or just, just like... Just in general. Uh, is it because we're not a video generation? Uh, maybe. Right? Like I everything's favor pictures? still pictures. So I don't know what that says about me, but... Poser. Like actual <laughs> posing. <laughs> Okay, so this is, you guys can call her Stephanie. I will call her Mena because it would be just weird. It's weird saying your own name it is. to it someone. Is. It's it's weird. It's weird, but I feel like I've been doing it my entire life because our generation came, it's like the generation before us, everyone, everyone was named Nancy and... Uh, yes. What was, like, I don't know. Diana. Yeah, that'll and work. Our generation is Stephanie and Jennifer's. Yeah. So this new generation is going to be like Isabella's and Mia's or um um no what's the what's Elsa? You're going to uh, get the Elsas. Oh no, Elsas no. would be like the babies, aren't they? Yeah, aren't, don't I, I they don't, all name them after? I don't think I characters? see a lot of Elsas. I see like Bellas or Isabellas. Hmm. Um, a lot of Charlottes. Really? Mm-hmm. So the Charlotte Webs and uh, I think it's more from Sex in the City, not necessarily. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, well, that works. But yeah, so Stephanie is like the most common name of a child born in the 80s. That's so weird. Stephanie, Jennifer, Jessica. Jessica. Do you get called Jennifer and Jessica? I get called Jennifer all, you, all the, the time. time. Yeah. I don't ever get called Jessica, but Jennifer all the time. I think it's just like a long, very common, generic name. So they're like, oh, Jennifer, but it's not. Same thing. Jennifer is the first common name that people confidently like jennifer no fun fact um not particularly close to my father's father who would be my grandfather Mm -hmm. but he once called me jennifer so (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> explains why you weren't so close. <laughs> I no! was like, I was like, hey, he had called the house one time. He was like, hey, Jennifer, can I talk to your dad? And I was like, uh, I don't know who Jennifer is. He's like, it's me. It's your grandpa. And I was like, oh, okay. Dad, someone wants to talk to Jennifer. <laughs> What a dick. Oh, I'm sorry if he wasn't. It's okay. That's rude. R.I.P. It's fine. Oh, okay. Oh, one of those. Yeah. It's okay. We know. Like it's my fine. my mom's parents, R.I.P. Yeah. Mm. All good. She's down there and I sometimes walk on her. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Mena and I have been friends since 95. Wow. Summer of 95. We're coming up I on I don't even want to do the math 30 on that. years. That's We're ridiculous. coming up on 30 years. That is... Yep, because what we're pretty much in 2024. We are going to blink, and it's 2024. Holy so crap! Holy literally, crap. I've known you for 29 years, which doesn't make sense since I'm 27 years old. Right, right, right. We're so, so young, but like girl math. Yeah, girl math. millennial math. <laughs> the fact that we call ourselves a millennial, when we we're like, are. We're, we're the like eldest. The no, we're, we're like, the eldest of the millennials. We are. We are. We're that's, the eldest. That's my 81. Story and I'm sticking to it. 81. I mean, 90. <laughs> Seven? I can't I don't do know. We don't we don't look our age. Yeah, we don't we don't act it either. So we're definitely good. not. We're good. Taylor Swift. So yeah, so I wait, what? You I was calling that out for, for you. Taylor Swift? Yeah, That's for right. you. That's right. It's okay. Forty two year olds can be Swift. <gasps> Well, yeah, she's like 35 singing songs for eight-year-olds about sex and heartbreak. So, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I love it. I love I am the hugest Swifty. I went oh, to her concert, this Ares tour. I went to it twice. Um, it sounds so snobby, but literally the second time, the tickets just fell on my lap, and I just took it. So You would. It happened. But you drove out of state for the first time. The first time. one, but I got those tickets fair and square on Ticketmaster. No Pur- resale? Purchased them. Nope. I purchased them and I had floor seats. And you had good price or you paid like the no, crazy price? Paid, like regular price. I paid 300 for floor seats because that was the Ticketmaster price for them. Like $302. Oh, see, it was meant to be. You scored. Yeah. You scored. I paid the same, I think, for the <laughs> tickets that I saw and the nosebleeds, but it was still good. So it's so No, five? it was 200 section. It wasn't the nosebleeds. So fine? Yeah, so fine. It was 200. That's like mid. Yeah, that's not. You're one up from the floor. Yeah. Two up. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's fine. It was. You I saw her go, twice. I would go again. Fulfilled your fantasies. I mean, I'm then sure. And I saw the movies too. Oh my god! Did you take any of your children? No. Of course not. Okay, so for the record, my kids. <laughs> I have two teenage daughters and a four-year-old, but he's not in this equation right now. My two two teenage daughters are not Taylor Swift fans anymore, but they used to be when they were younger. But now that they're teenagers, I don't know. They've seen the light. So they've left me in the dust. They've realized so. it's a 35-year-old woman writing heartbreak songs about sex for 8-year-olds. She's like 34, I think. She's like 34. She was born in 89, this I know, because it was the same year my sister was born. I can't do math. Lisa Love. Shout out to Lisa Love. She hated me so much. Okay. It's okay. It was her. It it was like she hated me that so like much. She bond. loved me. It was their bond. A million percent. Mm-hmm. Um, that f- oh god, the faces she would make at me just of complete disgust. <laughs> so my sister did pass away. She was special needs. Um, she was a character. Oh my god, yeah, she was the best. <laughs> and yeah, when Stephanie was, you know, when we were teenagers, we spent the night at each other's houses every weekend. Yes. This is in the generation where people did spend the night because now I would be caught dead before I let my kids yeah, spend the night. Yeah, it's not places. happening. But um, I think my oldest has spent, I think one friend I've let her spend the night at and like, you know, my aunt or her yeah. like family members, but not really. Um, a few of her friends have spent the night here and I've been like so paranoid when they would come spend the night because you never know. I don't know. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Anyway. So needless to say, Stephanie and I have known each other forever. forever. And the my my last name is no longer Mena, by the way, but <laughs> it's stuck. And a lot of people still call me Mena. It's easier. It's short. It's sweet. Just like me. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> uh, it just rolls off your tongue. Stephanie is long and awkward. And for the record, I don't like being called Steph. Everyone does. And I'll never. I'm a Steph. You, you yeah. are not. I'm not. I, it, I don't know. You've always hated it. I have. Yeah. It's and I can't tell you why, but 
So I called you Mena and it stuck because it, it was stuck. weird to say. And it's weird to call Stephanie. someone else, your own name to someone else. Well, you've called me Toledo for forever. Yeah, I did like, call you Toledo. That's mm-hmm. true. This is weird. It's weird to say your name out loud. I remember, wasn't it freshman year where all four Stephanies in our grade were, in we were all class. in the same class. I want to say it was religion class. Yes. And we, we literally sat like in the same rows. Like yes. I sat behind one of them. You sat to the right. And it was just ridiculous. There's like the nerd. There was the pretty popular one. And then there was the two of us. Okay. So that's our background. <laughs> that's our background. Yeah. Obviously we go way, way back lots and we've slumber parties, lots of slumber parties. And yes, we've, we've maintained connection throughout the years. Like every adult friendship, mm-hmm. it ebbs and flows. Um, but I think we've come back into each other's lives and found each other when we truly, truly need it. Like you've never, and I can be, or I was, I'm not sure that type of person where I can just kind of let go and drift away. And you've never let me do that. And that just means the world to me. I love that. I don't even think that that was on purpose. Like on my end, I (laughs) just, just like you what's up? (laughs) (laughs) and be like, Oh God. But I will say with, I mean, this, this is not what this episode is about, but being that we've known each other for so long, we've known each other's families and, Everything in between relationships and, you know, my darkest hours, I can say, like, I can reflect and think that you were there for me. Same. In my darkest hours. Same. I remember, I mean, at the time, it sounds like it's a very dark hour, but we were also like 16, so take it, everything was dark. Take it with a grain of salt. I have a 16 year old now, and everything's the end of the world to her, and I'm just like, oh, it gets better, it gets better. Yes. I, I can't tell her that I have to be like, oh, it's okay, yeah. you'll get through it, but in my head, I'm like, dude, this is not going to matter. Yeah. 100% yep. it's not going to matter. Yeah. But anyway, um, I distinctly remember going through something and I had to have been a little bit older because I was driving already and I didn't start driving until I was 18. So maybe it was 18 or 19. And I don't, I can't even tell you what it was that happened, but I drove straight to your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is before cell phones or maybe they existed, but I didn't have one. Minutes or weren't free minutes, yet. Okay, something. Yeah. It wasn't we didn't after, have cell phones after then. eight o'clock. Yeah. When minutes were free. Yes. But it was cheaper at this point to just drive to your house, yes. knock on your door and you were like, what the fuck? And I was I just like, that. uh, whatever I unleashed on and I spent the night and we had the best time. And so that's the kind of friend you are. Or that's when I the think kind back. of friendship our friendship is like when I think about traumatic, hard, difficult moments throughout high school and into early adulthood, into adulthood period, you, no matter what, were always there. Like there's never been a point in my life when I've truly needed someone that I haven't thought like, Oh, I could call Mona. Like I could reach out right now. We just have that type mm-hmm. of friendship. Not just like, oh, time goes by and we pick right back up. We do. We do, yeah. But it's so much deeper it really than is. that. And just like anything, like anyone, you know, life happens and we go, we live a little bit further now. I mean, not super far in the big picture. It's not like we True. live out of state or anything. You might as well. But <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Where it I took me an hour. It took me an world. hour. Okay. It took me an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely a friendship that I value, I treasure, and has stood the test of time. I will say Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And it wasn't always good. We would fight sometimes. No, and I was, like, a, I was a sad, miserable bitch. But I think the thing is, you're... I was snobby. <laughs> yeah, but I never got that from you. Your personality, like you very much so unlike a lot of people in my life which is sad to think like oh my god i've unleashed that on people oh i'm so healed (laughs) you very much could take whatever i was going through however i was reacting with a grain of salt like okay you're in a bad mood fine and truly like that's just you to be able to like "Hmm, not a big deal i get it cool you adapt to people very well you not maybe not move on very quickly but yes kind of but at the same time like you're just going through stuff I love that you know that about me and I I feel like that's something that I really have worked on or maybe even as a younger person um that I wanted that to be done to me or because I mean let's be honest we're teenage girls we're crazy oh god do 
say and do stupid things. And yeah, I mean, I also feel like I knew you and that at that moment wasn't necessarily you. It, it was your emotions or mm -hmm. your whatever what was happening. So that's so beautiful. <sighs> like you. Yeah. yeah. OK, so meat and potatoes. Here we go. As you guys should already know by now. Otherwise, why are you here? Pay attention, people. <laughs> this season, we are dealing with and focusing on grief and loss. And I chose Stephanie in particular because you were one of the first people that I spoke openly with. And I can remember being at the shop doing mm -hmm. your hair um, about not being able to have children. And it's something that I'm working through, I'm, I'm actively trying to grieve. I'm actively trying to heal from it and understand what life means with that. Um, and specifically with Stephanie, like she said, she has three kids. She's got two teenage girls and a four-year-old. Yes, yeah, she did it again. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> she did it again. And he is just the cutest monchichi and I will not tolerate any baby slander. Please. <laughs> if you don't feel him, it's because you don't get him. I get him. He's just the cutest little thing but specifically the reason why i wanted to have stephanie on here is because drew and if i'm saying it wrong correct me is your rainbow baby yes yes now can you please because until you said it i didn't know the term uh can you just define that for I us can. Here? um so i think i learned it when it happened to me so i don't think i knew what that meant and I'm pretty sure I heard that phrase before. It just never related to me. So I never paid attention to it. So it means after you've had a miscarriage or an infant loss, um, the child that comes after that is called, look, I'm already going to cry. No, it's okay. Is uh, called your rainbow baby. And that's, it's not to replace that child. It's not to, you know, it's a totally separate person. However, when you're in that darkest hour, and just experiencing that loss, this is your hope. This is your your rainbow, your God's promise. God, you know, and uh, I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly. You are. You're doing perfectly. It sounds beautiful. And my son is so special, and he would be special even if he wasn't my rainbow baby, but he he's just, so, he's he knows he's a rainbow baby because he's oh. so special. Oh. He is so loved, and so he's the joy of our life, and... I thank God every day and I do not take my kids for granted. I will tell you that I, even my older two girls, I would never take my children for granted ever. Well, you, so. you are a phenomenal mom. You I are. ask my teenagers about that. But they, they don't, I'm not asking them anything. I'm not asking them anything. I'm trying to like scare them into submission to fear <laughs> you, to know, know who and how you are. I would say the way you're raising your kids at least from my perspective on the outside, is not traditional. You're not raising brats. Sorry to anyone out there who feels attacked by that. But if you are, maybe it's it's you. It's you. You're the problem. It's you. I like it. I it's like, like the it. only line I know. But I see, I saw how your parents were with you, how your mom was with you. And you're a, different mom from that not yes. discrediting your mom at yes. all she was a young mom yes she did the best she could mm -hmm. but the love that you show those kids the the fearlessness that you're giving your kids their ability to be exactly who they are and be loved by you because of that is that means so much to me <laughs> if anyone knows momin momin ain't easy momin <laughs> is Mammon is hard, very hard, very rewarding. I, yeah, I would fight to death, fight to the death for my kids within reasons because if they did something really stupid, wow. I would also hold them accountable. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit of background on my kids. Uh, I do have a blended family. So uh, my oldest daughter is biologically mine. My middle daughter is not biologically mine. However, she is more like me than probably my <laughs> oldest daughter. Um, 
and we my husband and I have our son together but we don't do step half we don't do any of that stuff so we are a family we are brothers sisters moms dads um and that's that and we treat all of our kids as if they were biologically ours because there's no difference. Well, and if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. Like seeing yeah. your kids together, seeing you guys together as a family, you wouldn't know at all. Good. Yeah. As it should be. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Because <laughs> what, what does it matter? Blended. Exactly. Who cares? And then we have little Drew. Oh, the Monchichi. So he is copy and paste of my brother for sure. Nine million. And look looks wise nine million um we were just actually talking about this earlier he he observes so he watches and he is here for your entertainment so if you're like oh my god he is so cute he will turn on <laughs> turn on that charm and he'll he has one little tiny dimple and he will show it off and he'll be <laughs> so cute um a little bit ornery but like a cute kind of ornery like just enough so he's like kind of bratty but no, he will, like turn it off right away. I just said no Drew slander. I'm not going to tolerate that. He's not. He is not he's at all. Like, I don't see it. He's really good. He doesn't. Honestly, all of my kids are really good, but he's really yeah. good. And he has good words. Even when he, he was a baby, words. he wasn't a crybaby. He wasn't. He was so chill. I got really lucky with him because you never know. Tell me them us a story. You are you are pregnant. Yes. It's your first child together. Yes. You are so looking forward to it. Yes. All right. So husband and I got married, second marriage. Um, we knew that we wanted to have more children. Originally, we wanted to. Um, so we did what people do when they want children. <laughs> and... Um, we got married in April and I was pregnant in July, I believe, or maybe it was August. I might have, I think it was July. Um, so pretty, pretty, pretty quick. fast. However, yeah. we also were in our thirties, uh, pushing 40. So <laughs> we didn't, time was not no on time. our side. <laughs> so pretty standard. Um, I mean, we, we were intentionally trying to get pregnant so of course we were monitoring everything um taking pregnancy tests regularly so we knew pretty much right away that um, i was pregnant completely natural yes. you guys went about it completely natural yes okay. uh and coincidentally my husband at the time was working for the OBGYN department which just just a coincidence but just a little bit of background of our story so lived life I uh, went to my first appointment uh, that you do at 10 weeks, which is where you first hear the heartbeat. Um, you get a bunch of blood work done. Um, I mean, not, not much is really done at that appointment, but just confirming, yes, you have life. Confirming, yes, this is how far along you are. You get a due date and blood work is okay. the gist of it. Everything was normal. Um, and then... I, a few days later, it had to have been, um, so I miscarried at 10 and a half weeks. So it had oh. to have been a few days after that, maybe like three or four. It was a Friday and I was just off. I happened to have a vacation day. So my husband's birthday was um, like the day after. So um, I happened to have a few days off of work and I was just weird. That whole day in the morning and I just kept on telling my husband like something's off something's not right he's like are you feeling anything do you have pain I was like no I feel completely normal but something is you not right mm -hmm. and so he kept on telling me well do you want to go in and I'm telling him no because what do, what do I what do you go in and say I feel weird <laughs> well, but I don't is, feel well, what anything is your symptom weird. I don't have any symptoms <laughs> weird Symptom is weird. So he was like, okay, well, if you want to go in, like we can go in. But like, so I decided not to, it's fine. Okay. And, but this whole time I'm freaking out. I'm just, I'm panicking. My, I'm, I can't even explain it. It just think of it like you're pacing back and forth where you're yeah. nervous about something, but nothing's even happened or yeah. not, like it's nothing. So one of my daughters ended up having a doctor's appointment that same day. I think it was at like 
around three o'clock. So my husband was telling me, yeah, we can reschedule the doctor's appointment. And I was like, don't be dumb. Go, <laughs> go take her. Everything's fine. I'm being ridiculous. I'm pregnant. Pregnancy brain is a thing and I'm freaking out for no reason. And it's fine. So he goes to take my uh, daughter to her doctor's appointment, which happened to be quite a few cities over. So it wasn't yeah. super close. It was maybe like a 20, 30 minute drive. So he wasn't that close. I had talked to my aunt. My aunt is like a mom to me. And I'm telling her the same thing. I'm freaking out. And she's like, calm down. There's nothing wrong. Everything's fine. Okay, great. I just needed her to tell me that, right? Like, yeah. So I go to the restroom and there's literally a speck of blood. Like it, it I had a sh- struggle to see it. It's okay. a tiny, and I'm like, I knew it. There's something wrong. <sighs> but I mean, they tell you when you're pregnant, you could have breakthrough bleeding. Yeah. You could have, um, especially that early the on, right? Then you can, it, and it was not anything to worry. Like the amount it was mm-hmm. is nothing. But um, uh, I had that feeling. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go in. And because I knew the department, I knew my mm-hmm. husband worked for that department. I knew I had to go in by a certain time because it was Friday and then they're going to close. Oh, God. And then after that, I would have to go to the ER. Urgent. Oh. And I was like, I'm not going to go to the ER for no. a weird feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so keep in mind, no symptoms, nothing. Other like, than no cramping, tiny, no, like, tiny specs. Spe- no, nothing. nothing. No, like, bloating, unbloating, no. weird, nothing. No. So I go in, and I kind of, I don't want to say exaggerate, but I'm like, I have spotting, mm-hmm. which that's kind of a stretch because I don't okay. even think it was spotting. But, okay. And so, but I also knew in OBGYN, once you check in mm-hmm. for a medical problem, they have to see you. Okay. They have to treat you. Like, Regardless. I don't know if that's like a law or something, but because I'm pregnant, it's like a little bit different. So um, the nurse assesses me. I kind of feel dumb. They get the ultrasound machine out to try it. Like, hey, well, all we need to do is hear the heartbeat and like send you on your merry little way. And you you did hear the heartbeat yeah. on you like three days before yes. everything. We got the sonogram picture of the little peanut blob. Okay. The whole, like, yes. Okay. So I had already at this point heard the heartbeat. Okay. So she's like has a machine out and is like body slamming my stomach to try to get this uh, heartbeat and she can't get a heartbeat. And she's telling me, oh, it's because your baby is so small. That's why you can't hear it. And I'm telling her, but I heard it like three days ago. And she's like, oh, it's just the position of the baby or something. Like everything's fine. One of them even told me, why are you here? (gasps) These are the nurses. These are women. Yes. I can't. And so I'm just feeling dumb and dumb. And like, there's no other feeling other than I feel dumb. Oh, my God. I'm like, okay, well, I'm already here. You have to check me. (laughs) Find the fucking heartbeat. It's fine. So at this point, I tell my husband, like, he's still at the appointment. I'm like, I'm going in. It's probably nothing. I already feel stupid. Like, they're already telling me I'm dumb. Like, why are you here? Yeah. So that's that. The doctor comes in finally and he's like, okay, like we're going to set up the other machine. I, I don't, I don't, not technical, yeah. whatever. It was like a different machine that okay. then you could see the picture of okay. the baby in a heartbeat and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Sonogram, I think. I don't know. Sure. So, um, the sweetest, most kindest doctor I have ever encountered. Okay. And it was just one of those things where it was a blessing that it happened to be him. And it was whatever doctor was on call, right? It was oh, not it was not my regular guaranteed OB doctor. Mm-hmm. And he looked me dead in the eye when I was telling him I kind of feel dumb. I just I've been feeling off all day. I don't like there's something I just have a feeling. Hmm. And he looked me dead in the eye and I said, If you have a feeling, you come in. Oh and I was like I love oh, him. Oh my god. So he's like, okay, like well, let's get you set up. We'll get you in and out. Not knowing at this point, Art is on my husband on his way to the OBGYN. Of department. course he is. So and I'm telling him, like, go home, everything's cool. So he steps up the machine, and I know as soon as he saw that picture that he knew because the picture of the baby looked crumpled there's no other way to explain it but think of like a little bean 
or like a little balloon and it just looked a little oh bit. Oh my God. It didn't oh look the way that it looked. Days before. A couple of days before. And so, but he was sweet and tried to get a heartbeat. Oh knowing my God. that and he's a He knew what he he's saw. Like, right. And he told me in the most kindest way that there was no heartbeat. And yeah. So then he got into doctor mode and kind of gave me those choices. Like these are your choices of um, you could just ha- have the baby naturally, which is just going to miscarry. Oh but it's not. It's like cells. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ten, it sounds horrible. I don't want to call my baby cells. But in reality, that's you're just going to see a clot, you know, or you can take this pill. And it basically makes it happen faster, or you can have a DNC, which is when they surgically kind of go in and clean you out. So I chose the pill option just because I didn't want to sit around waiting, not knowing in a week, am I going to have this bloody spot come out of me? Or if I'm already on vacation, I can just, you know, in the comfort of my own home. Um, at this point, Art comes. I'm crying hysterically. Of course. And the nurses now are really nice to me. <laughs> of course they are. And I, I'm sure they felt bad. They should. Um, they should. But it was that, I don't want to say validation because that's not the right word. And I didn't want to be validated in this. I wanted to be wrong. But just knowing that my instinct that there was something wrong when there really wasn't physically anything wrong with me. And I look back like, what would have happened if I didn't go in? Then I would be thinking I'm pregnant until I go to my like next appointment in a month. And then what, you know, like it would have been so much worse or lost or until I got my period and then or whatever the situation So by the time my husband had made it to the OBGYN office, I mean, that's pretty much all they do. Like, there's nothing that they can do for you. It's like, okay, well, take all the time you need, but, like, your prescription's at the... Oh, God. You know? (laughs) Oh, God. Literally, it's so traumatic that the prescription bottle says the word abortion. Like, it says, like, for abortion. No, it does not. Because it's a form of... I mean, it, it's I'm a medical not abortion, my, right? I'm right. yeah. not because my baby didn't have a heartbeat. So, but that's technically what I would be doing, right? So, and the doctor was so kind and he was telling me things like the medical things, like one in four pregnancies and in miscarriage. Oh. He's like, if you ask anyone with more than four kids, they had a miscarriage and, or like they almost always statistically would have had. That is a horrendous it is fact. Horrific. That- and why would you tell me that? Because that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> but it's okay. He was so kind. I'll let that slide. Then I just began the healing process, the accepting. We were at that point in the pregnancy that we had taken those pictures of the <sighs> announcement. So I had this is when letter boards were a thing. It was September at this point. So I love fall and spooky things so Mm -hmm. I did a cute little pumpkin and it was like our pumpkin is on its way I forget how I worded it and I had um the sonogram I had already taken those pictures about to post it and I just hadn't posted it yet imagine if I did I mean who cares if I did because a loss is a loss right but I hadn't yet the actual experience of Having that miscarried was awful. My husband sat with me every step of the way. We watched a movie. I took the, the pills or whatever. And yeah. He took one and then like a few hours later, he'd take another. And he just kind of wait around for it to happen. So he watched movies. I watched Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like the 1990, whatever, like 96. Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, and Claire Danes. Like the best movie yeah, ever. The best Romeo and Juliet. Yes. The best Romeo and Juliet. We watched that. We watched like Beetlejuice. We just watched pretty much whatever I wanted to watch yeah. and didn't sleep that entire night. It finally happened. I went to the restroom, cried it out. Like, what do you, I mean. What you, yeah, what can you do? Then. So that was pretty traumatic, like checking the toilet every time you use the restroom just to see like what's happening. Um, it wasn't it it wasn't anything dramatic. It was exactly what the doctor said. It looked like yeah. I was like a little 
blood like clot when you're on your period or whatever. It's mm-hmm. nothing significant. You don't see anything. Yeah. Um. So just if I talked about it, I posted about it. Um. I I have a pretty. I, I don't have a lot of followers or anything like that, but I'm really present on social media. Mm-hmm. I post my kids all the mm-hmm. time. My social media is very lighthearted, um, but I'm on it a lot. You're active. I, I, I'm yeah. on it a lot. So I had like a few days later, I had that moment. Why shouldn't I tell people what happened? Yeah. Why can't I talk about this? Because nobody talks about it. Literally. Nobody talks about miscarriage. So I talked about it. I posted it. I posted my pic, my sonogram. It did a little blurb about, you know, how devastated we are. Mm-hmm. It turned off the comments. I didn't Smart. want, I didn't want, oh my the gosh. Pity. And again, coming from a good place, but I felt like for myself, I needed to post about it because I needed to talk about how this baby existed and oh. it doesn't make me less of a mother. It doesn't make me like, I have three kids, but then do I have four? I, I needed that child to be, that child was so loved and so wanted. I needed that child to be known. So I did. And before we joked, my husband and I, before we knew what the baby was and we called the baby, baby Pat, because, you know, Pat can be a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. So we just like gave it this gender neutral name. A few days after that, we got our test results back because, you know, we had tests done on my yeah. first appointment, my blood work. And because of my age, we had that genetics test, and my baby was genetically fine. It had no genetic oh, uh, abnormalities. Abnorm- no. Thank you for saying that word because I welcome. was grasping for That's that okay. word. Um, and it was a boy. People had nothing but kind things to say to us, but it really, I really didn't feel like I had a place or a person or a an outlet to heal or to talk about it. Nobody talked about it and no one that talks about really it really bothered me yeah really 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 bothered me people messaged me um privately and was like uh this happened to me and i know how you feel how did you not talk about it how did you suffer in silence how like it pissed me off and it didn't piss me off because they're keeping a secret right it pissed me off because we don't have a safe space There's or a comfortable space. Like it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable, but that's fine. Who cares? There's a lot of things that we talk about that are uncomfortable. Let's talk about this. Let's help women heal. Let's help women know that they're not alone. So that's kind of where Stephanie and I connected. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and if you know me, you know that I am very outspoken. Um, I'm very, I have a very dominant personality. I have a very big personality. Yes. Um, I, I understand and I know that when I walk in the room, I will almost always hold that conversation. Mm-hmm. I I demand that attention and mm-hmm. then and I will hold the conversation. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. So <laughs> yes. When I started talking about it with Stephanie, then all of a sudden she turned it around and was like, "Well, it happened to me." You're and just like, telling. You're just telling my story talk right now. Talk about it. I haven't talked about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I That's okay. Think, okay. You outed me. I you did. outed me. I do it all the time. I have big so, mouth. Sorry. So un unlike Mena, I am a very I'm out there, but I'm a very <laughs> quiet person when it comes to personal things. I struggle silently. I self soothe. I have always taken care of myself. I find it very difficult to ask for help in a lot of things. And as she was telling me this, I couldn't hold back my tears because I hadn't said it to anyone. And this is the first time I'm saying it to the masses. It's the first time I'm saying it on the podcast out loud. Um, But she was the first person I admitted that I had had two miscarriages to. And I carry a lot and I know I shouldn't. But it's because we don't talk about it. You are a million percent right. There is no safe space. How, as women, how as a woman can I come out and say, I can't do the one thing I was made to do? I hold a lot of shame with it. I hold a lot of pain with it. 
I have allowed people to assume and think that I just never wanted to be a mom because that's easier than telling them, no, I can't. And even if I say I can't, they've tried to give me reasons. They've tried to give me options. And well, maybe if you just, or if you wanted to, we can want for a lot of things, but like you knew, you just knew something was wrong with baby Pat. I just know. And after having two almost back to back, it was consecutive, like over a a three month period. And it was in 2020. And it was right after my birthday. It was two weeks after a missed period. And I'm quite regular. Um, And it was different. And I saw the clot and I knew I was in the shower and I just cried and I told no one both the times until I finally said something to my mom and I said something to my partner and even now it's hard to talk about. It's hard to discuss that fear of judgment fear of not wanting to be pitied. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want to be pitied. Nobody wants Mm -hmm. to hear that. It's hard. It's really hard. And as women, I think we need to allow that space. Mena gave me no choice. (laughs) I had no choice. And it was one of the most beautiful things anyone has ever done to me. And I felt nervous to say it to you. I was scared to say it out loud. I was scared to face it. But I do remember you messaging me you were pregnant and then messaging me you had lost the baby. And I remember it as clearly as when you called me (laughs) when you were pregnant with your oldest to tell me that you were pregnant. As clear as day, I can remember that. And in that moment, I knew I was safe and I wasn't alone. And I think It speaks volumes to our friendship that, yes, throughout every difficult thing we have been, throughout times of grief and loss, throughout hard shit as women, we've always been there. And you've always (laughs) forced me, forced me out of my repression. Completely. She's so awkward. So awkward, but in the most beautiful motherly type way as a woman aside from being my lifelong friend as a mom you let me feel that I was okay there was nothing wrong with me and you are a mom just that's so hard to hear I know who says that you're not just because you don't physically have you are a mom every child it doesn't matter like and I think that's also something that was difficult or, and, and people mean well, please take this yes. with a grain of salt because people mean well and they have good intentions and it is a difficult topic and uncomfortable and people say weird things. Think about death in general. People, people say, say weird such shit. weird shit. Like such be weird strong, shit. bitch. I don't want to be strong. Like, why do I have to be strong? If I want to break down, I will fucking break down. So first of all, if it's happened to you, you do what is right for you. So if you want to be quiet and not talk about it, that's fine. Please keep it to yourself. If that's what, if it was a private thing that happened to you that you don't want to talk about. But I beg of you to have some sort of outlet, whether it be a therapist, an artist, or art. I don't know. Like art therapy. There you go. Yeah. Um, Nature, I I walked a lot. I hiked. But I will say that space for a woman, the things not to say to them is it happens for a reason. (sighs) Be strong. Oh, well, look, now you have your brain, your baby. Is this a replacement for my child that I lost? Please tell me. People did they not. They that was like almost like that and then <gasps> caught themselves and kind of redirected a little bit. And I have to assume that these are women. Uh, yes. 
Because guys don't. We need to do better. Like, we need to I'm do sorry, better, man. Is like how a guy would. We respond. need to do better. Um, oh God. So no, my rainbow baby is not a replacement child. It is not what we mean by rainbow baby. It's just that after the rain, after the saddest moment are, that you probably have had in your life, you have hope at the end, or you have that baby represents hope, not this baby is a replacement child for the child that you lost. Also, I feel I didn't necessarily at the time right after it happened, I didn't want to hear another woman's story personally. I didn't. Yeah. And, and I do appreciate the ones that did reach out to me, but I, what I needed or what I wanted was it's okay. I'm sorry this happened to you. You're not less of a woman. Ugh. You are a mother. You, you can cry. You can be sad about this. You lost a baby. Cry, grieve, let it out, heal. And when you're ready, talk about it. And if you're not ready, don't talk about it. And then maybe we can share stories at some point when I'm healed. I am healed now. I'm in a good place and I can talk about it. But I, I've seen actually a friend from high school that posted um, that it happened to her. And I did make it a point to reach out to her, but I didn't share my story. I said something along the lines of, you know, you're not alone. You're a mom. I'm sorry. It's awful. Uh, more things like that. Yeah. Not Oh, well, you can just try again. I don't think, I don't think we're at that place anymore that we would say things like this, but I would imagine women in the past would say something. Well, maybe there was something medically wrong with wrong the baby with that child. And so nature worked its course, right? Which is horrible. 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 Don't ever tell a grieving mother that. No. Which in science, scientifically, might be the case. Right. But you don't. Well, we're not scientists. We're we're human beings that need empathy and support and love and a hug. Give that person a hug, a huge hug. So that's what I needed at the time. What about you? I needed to um, apparently suffer in silence (laughs) for a while because that's what I did. I am still processing. I said it earlier when we were hanging out on our way to Dutch. I'm I'm not forcing myself, but I'm open to grieve. Me doing this episode, not knowing you're gonna fucking throw the closet door wide the fuck open Sorry. and out outed. I get it. But <laughs> that's you. That's how I roll. That's you. you should have known. And that's us. I should have known. I, I come with a warning. I label. saw it coming <laughs> and I did what I do and Baby Steph just bit her tongue and was like, it's coming. Oh, fuck. Oh, she said it first. Okay, let me jump in. I, what I needed was how you reacted to me. And it was, it was almost, if somebody didn't know you, it would have looked like anger or frustration. Knowing you, you are fiery. And it was very like, nope, what we're not going to do. You saw me in my little turtle shell, like hiding back in. And you said, no, 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 no. You pulled me out and let me know it's okay. You told me I'm a mom and that is hard for me to hear. It's it's hard to face. It's hard to deal with. But this is a huge step in my grieving process. Normally I dance around it and I'll just say I can't have kids and what people think. People think um, I feel sick to my stomach, but. It's opened a door that I I purposely locked for too long because not feeling safe with women mm-hmm. to say it. Like you said, guys just like, man, that sucks. I'm so sorry. They handle it like men. Yeah, women like, cool. have. I appreciate that. Women have other. I don't know. Women are just not, not great they to women. Talk too much too. Like, yeah. Just, just, Be silent. Just stop there. Like, I am sorry. Stop there. (laughs) That is horrible. Huggy, huggy. Stop there. (laughs) Stop there. And then if you start a podcast, bring it up (laughs) years later. I think, too, is big, the big picture. Looking at a big, big picture. Big, big picture. Big picture. Big 
picture. Um, it's no secret that, you know, we are, we have our religious views, mm -hmm. um, Christian religious views. And are we great Christians? Sometimes. Speak we for have your damn self. We have good intentions. <laughs> I, I have good intentions. Just kidding. I have good intentions, but... So this is not to lecture or, you know, oh, no. Christians. No. Um, but we also recognize that this is not the end of our story. Absolutely. In the next life, we will be reunited with these children. Ugh. And you will get to hug your child. Ugh. Children. Ugh. So, yes, you are a mother. And they will be writing on the back of Louie. <laughs> Well, maybe Louis will be writing with them. Because <laughs> if, I mean, I don't think it's coincidental that we refer to Rainbow Bridge as what fur mm -hmm. babies crossover, perfect little point. perfections, yeah. and rainbow babies. Mm -hmm. It's probably the same beautiful place that, yes, I will know you. You will see baby Pat and you will know him as clear as you mm -hmm. know little Drew. And I also feel, um, that just because I had a miscarriage at 10 and a half weeks doesn't make me less of a mother if I would have miscarried at, two? at a full term. Or, or miss, full. Or, you know, at the point where you had the nursery set up already. Oh, like, God. I mean, they're all tragic. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But they're all loss. Loss is loss. And it's horrible. So those women that do suffer those miscarriages early on suffer mentally just as much. You know, th that hope. I'm going to end with saying that Taylor Swift oh, gee. wrote a song about <sighs> miscarriage. For someone else? Um, sure. I don't really know. It's not like she's ever publicly that was said silent. that she's ever had a miscarriage. That was silent. <laughs> it's not going to make me like the so music. It's called, I've, it's called Bigger Than the Sky. Don't I'm act like you don't know what it is. You know the exact song. She's um, on her phone looking it up like she doesn't know what it is. I want to get the exact <sighs> name. If it is, I'm going to listen to it. Bigger Than the Whole Sky. I'm going to listen to it as soon as I pull out of your driveway and I'm going to sob. You yeah, told me I should cry and I'm, gonna, and I'm going to do that. Does she write all her own music? She does. She wrote that song. I'm not saying that it's about a miscarriage, but it fits really perfectly. So... <sighs> And you would know. Right. Yeah. So I know Taylor Swift. She told me. Yeah, I, what it I believe it in a dream. Taylor in a Swift, weird, don't sue me, please. I'm just kidding. In a weird dream, she told you. <laughs> we won't say what else happened in that dream, but in a weird <laughs> dream, she told you. Holy shit, we did it. Hey. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for... I hope, I hope a woman listens to this and just knows that we're there for you. We love you. You're not alone. You're okay. You're a woman. You're a mother. Oh, you're all of those things. Oh, and it's okay to not be okay. For sure. It's okay to talk or not. And we're going to hug it out. You guys we're can't gonna see hug it what out. we're hugging Oh my out. God. Please don't do weird. <laughs> I'm really awkward because I'm wearing this mic and I don't know how to you, be. It would have been fine. Already. She gave me like a weird half-armed hug but i love you anyway i love you fucking a thank you jesus <laughs> for bringing you, us jesus. together okay and i will talk at you soon i'm gonna go credit taylor swift now yes Ugh.